You're listening to A Prophet, a collaboration between Sakhlain and Al-Hujja Islamic Seminary. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming our patron by donating at sakhlain.org support. We continue our journey into examining the personal qualities, characteristics and akhlaq of the Prophet One of the aspects of the Prophet's personality and his interaction with other people is his amazing justice. How do you come to know the justice of a leader, that this leader is really just? When you see that this leader is willing to implement justice even on himself, then you know he's sincere, he's really a man of justice. When he has to pay a price and he pays it, he's a just person, I can trust him, he's reliable. When that leader allows himself to be held accountable by someone else, that means a lot, that's a true leader. But one who has arrogance, who's not just, he'll talk about justice. When it comes to others making violations, yes, he'll quickly implement justice but he's not willing to do that for himself, against himself and he finds it difficult to allow others to hold him accountable. Even the best leaders are like that by the way, but not Rasulullah Justice for him was a priority. So I'd like to share, share with you some examples of how the Prophet implemented justice on himself. We'll have a discussion on it because some have raised some objections about these hadiths, so we'll figure out if we can somehow justify them. The first story happened with Sawad ibn Ghaziyah or Ghaziyah. He was one of the companions of the Prophet and he was an ally of Bani Najjar, the famous tribe around Medina. Ibn Hisham in his seerah, he mentions this hadith. He says, before the battle of Badr, the Prophet was organizing the lines of his army. There were 313 companions who participated at Bad. So the Prophet is organizing their lines. You know, like you have an army commander who's now fixing them in their lines. So the Prophet was holding uh, an arrow in his hand or like a spear, a wooden object, such that he was passing by and organizing them, telling them, okay, let's form a perfect line here and with that stick he was basically showing them where to stand because if uh, someone's um, standing let's say a few feet in front or a few feet ahead with that stick the prophet would give him the cue you know basically stand here that's where he would draw the line for him alaikum. so according to this hadith what happened Sawad ibn Ghaziyah or Ghaziyah, this man, his name was Sawad, he was standing maybe a few feet ahead in front. So he was not in line. So as the Prophet was passing by with that stick, that stick hit his stomach, Sawad's stomach. Then the Prophet told him, Istawi, Ya Sawad, stand in perfect lines, O Sawad. Go find your place in the line. Don't stand outside because I'm organizing the line. What did Sawad say to the Prophet? Ya Rasulullah, 
وقد بعثك الله بالحق والعدل فأقدني يا رسول الله I got hurt because that stick hit my stomach as you were organizing these lines and I know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent you in the truth and in justice so let me seek retribution Qisas retribution you hurt me with that stick let me hurt you back the Prophet says, okay, yalla. He, he removed the garment from his stomach and he told him, go ahead, seek retribution, seek the qasas that you want. When Sawad saw this from the Prophet, he fell on the Prophet, he embraced the Prophet and he kissed him and he kissed his stomach. The Prophet told him, Ya Sawad, why did you do this then? Listen to his reply, look at his faith. He says, Ya Rasulullah, you see that now there's a war and in a war I could die. So I wanted the last activity that I done in dunya in case I get killed is to embrace you. So that's why I asked for me to seek retribution because I wanted to embrace you and kiss you. That's what I wanted to do. So the Prophet raised his hand in dua and he prayed for him. May Allah bless you, O Sawad. How do we justify this? Because there's one objection that the Prophet is rahmatan lil alameen, right? Why didn't the Prophet use divine knowledge to avoid hitting him like that, to avoid hurting him? Now, obviously, it was not deliberate. The Prophet didn't deliberately hurt him, it was accidental. But the Prophet has knowledge from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why didn't Allah give him the knowledge that be careful before you get to Sawad, make sure you kind of take away the stick so he doesn't get hurt. Why did he act, not act upon his divine knowledge? Yes, one reason is the Prophet wants to set a precedent that a leader is one who's able to bring justice against his own self. Well, how do you do that? How do you show people like that? When you're so good and you've never violated anyone, how do you show that, right? So sometimes you don't go deliberately and hurt someone and say, hey, come hurt me back because that's not appropriate. But you know that if a person is not standing in line and accidentally he couldn't get hurt, he didn't act upon that knowledge for a greater cause, to show how justice is so valuable. So that's one response. Do you find that justified? Or still there's an issue with the Prophet in the end being the cause to hurt someone? It's justified. Another reason, and maybe from the response of Sawad, we can conclude that. Salamu alaikum. Another reason is maybe Sawad deliberately, he saw the stick passing by, he jumped in front of the stick to get hurt. So he can demand that from the Prophet, so he can kiss the Prophet and embrace him before the battle. So in that case, the Prophet didn't do anything wrong. Like you're walking, somebody just jumps in front of you and they get hit. Okay, that's your problem, that's not your problem. It's that person's fault, it's not the Prophet's fault. So the Prophet did not deliberately hurt Sawad. But, but look at the justice. 
This is right before a battle. He's your prophet. Through him, Allah guided you. And now the stick of the prophet hurt your stomach. You say that to the prophet, he says, come, come seek, seek your revenge from me. That's okay. The prophet said it with calmness, with love. Who does that? Even the best of the leader tells him, Habibi, we're about to go to a battle. I was accidental. It's not like I purposely hit you. You're not going to accept that, seriously. Which lieutenant, which colonel, which army commander accept that from his soldier? And remember, there's that rank difference too. The prophet was the army commander, basically. But that's his justice. The prophet is teaching you that a good leader, a true leader, is one who is willing to implement justice against himself too. And he wanted this to be a precedent, so no one forgets that. And that requires a lot of humbleness to do, especially during 7th century Arabia. Don't look at leaders today, sometimes they do things because the culture has changed or they want to appeal to the people or voters. This is 7th century Arabia. No king, believe me, no king in that era would ever dare to do something like that. But this is Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam alaykum wa rahmatullah. This is the greatest messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay, now there is another hadith that Abu Dawood narrates. Al-Albani, a Sunni scholar says it's a Sahih hadith according to Sunni standards. But I feel like we have an issue with it. This hadith could be questionable. So the hadith states that once the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa Usaid ibn Hudayr. Usaid, one of the companions of the Prophet. The Prophet was basically joking with him, right? So the Prophet basically hit him with a stick on his abdomen, on his right or left side. Then in that case, Usaid said to the Prophet, let me seek revenge, you hurt me, let me hurt you back. So the Prophet says, yes hurt me back. According to this hadith, Usaid was not wearing a shirt. So he told the Prophet, in Arabia that was common, it's very hot, desert climate, during the day, you know, not everyone would wear the upper shirt. So he told the Prophet, no, when you hurt me, I was not wearing the shirt, you're wearing a shirt, the upper garment. So that's not fair, remove it. So the Prophet says, okay. He removed it and then Usaid, instead of hitting the Prophet, he embraced the Prophet and he kissed him. So how do you feel about this hadith? Yes, it does demonstrate the Prophet's justice, but there's something problematic in it. Yeah, the Prophet is playing with someone or he's joking with someone and then he hurts them like that. It's a little bit awkward. See, Sawat's story we can accept. He's organizing the army lines. But this type of story is probably questionable. So... We cannot say that this is a Sahih Hadith. It could conflict with the Prophet's akhlaq. Here's another famous story about how the Prophet implemented justice. It's similar to Sawad. Subhanallah, the name of the companion, is, his name is also like Sawad. Ibn Abbas in a narration states that the Prophet became ill. Shortly before he passed away, he came to the masjid and he gave this speech and he said in his speech 
إن ربي عز وجل حكم وأقسم أن لا يجوزه ظلم ظالم الله is the judge and he's made an oath that no oppressor will get away with his oppression so I invoke you in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala any person whom I have violated whom Muhammad has wronged any person who has any issue with what I've done come right now and seek your revenge or retribution before the day of judgment for I swear by Allah I prefer in this dunya I settle this with you than to have to settle it with you in the akhirah the prophet is saying this in one of his final sermon last sermons a man from the audience by the name of Sawada ibn Qais that one was Sawad this was Sawada ibn Qais he got up he said ya rasulullah may my parents lives be sacrificed for you when you came back from Ta'if on a journey you were riding on your camel and you were holding a stick so you carried the stick you raised the stick in order to signal to the camel to move because that's how you would tell the animal to move right now there are some they're abusive they hit the camel very hard no the prophet would not deal in that way but basically he would signal to the camel to move as you did that your stick hit me I got hurt as you were passing by so now I would like to seek revenge from you he's saying this in front of everyone all the companions they became agitated how dare you stand up and say that and you want to say revenge the prophet's dying he's ill then he said to the prophet I don't know when you hit me whether it was deliberate or was accidental like look at his audacity the prophet says Allah. no I seek refuge in Allah it was definitely not deliberate so basically it was accidental then the prophet commands Bilal he tells him Bilal go to the house of my daughter Fatima and bring that same stick that I was carrying that day it's called Al-Qadib Al-Mamshuq it was a distinct, distinct um, stick that the prophet would carry when he would be riding on his camel or he'd be traveling so Bilal he goes from the masjid in the street he calls on all Muslims oh Muslims this is your prophet he is on the pulpit he's saying that anyone whom I violated come get your right right now so learn from your prophet don't leave this dunya without settling your disputes with other people so he goes to the house of Lady Fatima, he knocks on the door, he tells her Fatima, bring me your father's stick, Al-Qadib Al-Mamshuq. She says, Bilal, why do you want that stick? This is not a time for my father to travel. She was puzzled, why does he need the stick? He told her, he told her the story. He told her one of your companions wants to seek revenge from him. Fatima begins to cry. Assalamu alaikum ya Rasulullah. She begins to cry. Who do we have other than you? You're about to depart us, and this is your akhlaq. In any case, Bilal he takes that stick, he comes back into the masjid, and he gives him to the Prophet. The Prophet says, Okay, where are you, Sawada? Come. Sawada comes forward and he tells him, Here, take the same stick that I that you were hurt by, that caused you pain, 
and now in front of everyone get you right so that on the day of judgment you're not going to say Muhammad you accidentally hurt me and I never got my right in front of everyone witness that you're getting your right then at that point Sawada told the Prophet Ya Rasulullah no I want to see your stomach because that stick hurt my stomach so uncover your stomach for me now this is an awkward thing to ask right the Prophet sitting in the mimbar on the pulpit in front of people but remember the Prophet wants to establish justice here sometimes you are willing to do something awkward to make a point and so no one forgets that scene so the Prophet uncovers his stomach and Sawada, he comes, he falls on the Prophet, kissing the Prophet. And he tells him, no Ya Rasulullah, I would never hurt you. And I simply asked for this so that you can ask Allah to forgive me. So Allah, the Prophet states, oh Allah, forgive Sawada. Now this is in our Shia sources as well, like Mustadrak Wasa'id al-Shia, al-Saduq in his book Al-Amali, they've narrated this incident. The same justification that we mentioned for the first one applies here as well. The Prophet wanted to establish justice. Maybe Sawada on that day, he deliberately got in the Prophet's way as he was riding his camel so he can get hurt so that later he can ask the Prophet. Maybe that was pre-planned by Sawada. And the Prophet let that happen so he can prove a point that a true Prophet, a leader, is one who is willing to establish justice even if, if it's against his own self. That's a sign of Iman, that you're willing to give the right to the other one and let the others hold you accountable. Who's willing to do that other than these great figures? But that is a lesson for us. Another example of the financial justice of the Prophet in the book of Al-Kafi, Al-Imam al-Sadiq narrates, he states, كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وآله يقسم صدقة أهل البوادي في أهل البوادي وصدقة أهل الحضر في أهل الحضر. The Prophet, when he would take the sadaqah, the charity and the zakat of the people of the villages, he would spend that same sadaqah in the village. And he would take the sadaqah of the people who are in the city and he would spend it in the city. See, that's financial justice. Normally, tyrants and kings at that time, what would they do? They would take all the resources from the surrounding areas and farmlands and villages, and they would concentrate on building a powerful city around themselves to strengthen their power. So they would give a lot of money to the people in the city, but they would deprive the farmers and the villagers. Not Rasulullah the Prophet recognized that this money is given by the people of this village. Let's spend it in that village. And that's why many scholars today, their fatwa is when it comes to the wajib zakat, such as zakat al-fitrah that you pay on the day of Eid, you first have to see if there are any local poor people who deserve zakat al-fitrah. Some of them have this as a wajib by the way. You have to go and see if there are poor people in the community, you have to give them from that zakat. If you cannot have access to poor people, then you could send it overseas or other places. But you start with your own community because that gives you a sense of community as well. When you know other people in your community, they donated these funds. It strengthens the bonds and the brotherhood in the community. See, that's justice that the Prophet would do. The sadaqah of this place stays in that place. I'm not going to suck up your resources and build a big city with it like kings would normally do. 
and that's and that's why that's why people turned against religion in Europe by the way because the popes and the religious leaders you know what they would do people would be forced into labor they would work so hard for 20, 20, 20 50 60 years all that money would be spent on building the biggest church in Europe a big cathedral a big church when they when the peasants were suffering that's why the people finally revolted against them like enough is enough you're using our resources for these laugh, lavish you know churches and it doesn't stop and the parties that they used to have in the churches is crazy look at the history of the popes what they used to do at the church it's mind-boggling the corrupt parties that they would have in the church yes it's terrible so the prophet gave them their right that's one dimension of his justice another aspect of the prophet's justice is that sometimes he would see a father having two sons or two children and the prophet would notice that the father kissed one of the children but not the other one the prophet would tell him the prophet says be just your children are sensitive when you give attention to one of your children more than the other one they become sensitive so if you kissed your son the first one kiss the second one if you buy something for your first child buy it for the second one see how the prophet promoted justice even at a simple family level like that that's because the prophet is the symbol of justice so these are just some very um, brief references about the justice of the Prophet